Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. They say that the best things come to those who wait. Well, six months after our last episode on events, here's part two. <laughs> You've got it, Joe. You can do this. <laughs> Having covered how to get the most of an event from an attendee experience, we're now focusing on how to create a great event from the side of the organiser with five tips for creating great events. I'm Joe Glover, founder of The Marketing Meetup, a global community that connects and educates over 36,000 marketers in the most lovely way possible. Everything we do, we do it to put the human beings we help first. I'm Richard Wood. I lead the marketing agency Six and Flow. I've worked in marketing for around 20 years now, and I'm a massive believer that marketers should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating them as leads and numbers on a spreadsheet. I might have already ruined this because I put in a sixth one while you were talking. So <laughs> that's fine. I'm sure we won't be caught that, up on it. That's so fine. Last time out, which admittedly was a long time ago, and also came straight after a episode that was titled The Importance of Focus. <laughs> We're coming back to this. So the first time, originally it was going to be one podcast and we focused on events and it was around the event. The first part we did was events from an attendee perspective. So Mm -hmm. we talked about like some of our tips to showing up to an event as an attendee. Like you were talking about one of the ones that you liked that I talked about was around um, like pre-booking meetings, things like that. I can't remember what you said at all. So I can't find that content. I I, I thought that was was a great one. You know, so it was, it was exactly that. So you pre-plan meetings before you go to an event. I found that really useful. I implemented it straight away. You know, I had a much better event because of it. And off, like on, on that basis, like we, as we normally do, spoke for way longer than we probably should have. So we cut it um, there. Cause, and we didn't actually talk to about the organizer part uh-huh. of it. Uh-huh. Now, for those of you who don't know what Joe does, Joe runs the marketing meetup, which I mean, the clues in the name, people meet up, yep. which you could call events. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really disrespectful thing, <laughs> our events. I guess you saying, could yeah. call them events. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what we, what we wanted to do in this episode is just come back to what we were originally talking about and approach it from the aspect of an organizer. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, over to you. You've got point number one. What is your tip of being an organizer of events, of which you do many, and they are very good events? Oh, mate, that's nice. See, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. (laughs) Because we're in the same room and within reach. (laughs) Yeah, I would have fought you before. (laughs) So uh, my my first one is about sweating the small stuff. Um, So I think quite often... In, in organizations, in business, we're, we're sort of encouraged to focus on the big things, you know, the things that are going to make the biggest differences, the, the big gestures. But I think when it comes to event organizing, sweating the small stuff really matters. And by that, I mean stuff like how do people enter the room? How do you say hello when they walk in? What's the badge signing in experience? How do people then transfer from that experience through to grabbing a beer or saying hello to the first person in the room? Uh, how do you introduce the event? You know, what's the first three seconds when you're you're speaking to people and you're sort of introducing the event? How do you bring energy into the room? 
how do you communicate to folks via email what's your tone of voice how do you sign off how do you say hello all of these things matter because i think particularly with event experiences it's the accumulation of these small things that really make the big the big difference that's how you create a culture that people know they're walking into where they're like yeah you know what actually everything's been taken care of I think so often these little experience it's the little experiences when they go wrong on the flip is where you notice it so like you know not everyone gets served food or the food is served from a place in the room which is in the corner and therefore I went to one event where the the food was served there was like a thousand people in the room or something like that and, and the buffet food came out and it was all like canapes and things like that so they were serving via trays and like everyone just like grouped in the corner because they were so hungry and ready for the food. And like, it's those small details that really matter because we ended up leaving the event to go and get lunch and ended up coming back two hours later afterwards. And it's like, if you don't think about those things, then ultimately someone's going to have a worse experience, but probably also lose attention. I think fundamentally, those are the things that we do at the marketing meetup and really, really care about that really make the difference. Good luck. Yeah, nice. Um, one way I'd suggest that folks could actually go about sort of starting to think about these things is that with the meetup, at least, we've sat down and literally written down every interaction point that folks can have uh, with one of our events, uh, whether it's signing up, whether it's walking into the room, whether it's how they leave. All of these things uh, have sort of been noted down. And then what we've started to do, and this is a process that we're going through right now, so it's not complete, is we've said, okay, here's the process or here's the thing that we want to happen or here's the little bit of magic that we can sprinkle into all of this. And as I say... You like know, a tiny little event fair. <laughs> well, that's what I call myself. Um, you know, that it's the, it's the accumulation of those things which make the biggest difference. So it, so I, I didn't appreciate that mm-hmm. um, uh, like previously until we started running the like the drift roadshow events that we did so we mm-hmm. ran all these different events in different EMEA countries yeah. um for drift under the drift banner and i always thought good content get the people in the room yeah. a few pizzas beers it'll be fine yeah and it wasn't until like thankfully us as a team when we were running them very good at like dancing on our feet yeah. um or, <laughs> And being able to kind of adapt to things on the fly. So yeah. like tech issues, moving entrance halls, making sure like there's swag piles, like shit like that. Mm-hmm. After we'd run a couple of them, we were like, okay, now we need to actually create, like you're talking about mm-hmm. effectively a playbook. Mm-hmm. Like to do this event, here's why we're doing it. Here's what we're doing. Here's the process. Yeah. Here's the pre-marketing. Here's all the shit that goes into it. And it's the detailed bits that people remember. Like, And it always sticks in my mind from some of the early episodes we did where probably because you've mentioned it over and over again but (laughs) the um giving everybody a pound yeah so like very small gesture very like cost you what 100 quid 100 people in the room whatever yeah yeah. and then ask them to forward pay it as um kind of an act of kindness but that it's a small gesture that actually like you're talking about before sprinkles that magic onto event which actually changes the dynamic of how people are leaving that and i guarantee everybody in that room doesn't remember what the fuck was spoken about that's no. the thing that they remember out of that absolutely but it's then kind of played into the overall experience of that absolutely spot on uh i think that point is made so point number two is uh is for you rich so what's yours use partners so our best events are when it's 
not just our content. So when we've actually brought in people who are smarter than us or have a different opinion to us, and actually bringing in people with diverging opinions is a great thing to do. But mm -hmm. also having people from like, so we are uh, about to run a, an event with PartnerStack. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a speaker from PartnerStack, a speaker from Six and Flow. And so we're actually giving more content than just us giving our approach to, this is like partner-led growth mm -hmm. stuff, so like the importance of having channel um, in your growth mix. And having it from two different sides actually gives some real value to the content that's been spoken about. And not only that, you get access to their audience, their kind of like yeah. marketing machine to help mm -hmm. push this stuff as well. Yeah. So we um, we ran a an event, I think back in 2018, that was around humanizing sales and marketing. And mm -hmm. that was, we did that in line with Vidyard and HubSpot. And then we also ran it again with like Aircore and somebody else, I can't remember who it was, mm -hmm. massively disrespectful. <laughs> um, but it, it was good because what we did is we got in the room, there was no pitching. It was all about how you can use these different channels to align with that overall, like aligning to humanizing your sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And it worked super well because it were, they were short talks, 20 minute mm -hmm. talks where mm -hmm. we kind of approach it from different angles. Mm -hmm. So you had like a, a good breadth of knowledge being shared in the room. Mm -hmm. But I think the key one is you get access to their marketing machine as well. Yeah, it, it's such a good point. And, and certainly when we, or when, when I started the marketing, yeah, you know, that was, that was one of the first things we did. So we got, we got sponsors, but they were sort of pro bono sponsors, you know, sort of came in and said, we'll treat you as a sponsor if you do an email for us to, to your database. And, and, and that's how we did the first steps, you know, in, in, in growing the community. I think, there's a there's a flip to that which is about making sure that those partnerships are genuine partnerships so today we're in a position where like i get approached you know every couple of weeks or something like that by someone who says you know will you be a media partner for our conference and i know exactly you know it's it's exactly for the reason that you've made you know is is access to our community but i've never really seen one of those relationships where it's like even you know, where it's like, oh, actually, you know, the marketing meetup is going to get as much from this as, as you person conference organizer. Yeah. And so like going into those things, like I know because of your relationships with each of those companies, that it would have been like a proper dialogue where you would have gone back and forth and you would have sort of like helped each other out. But I think that's the way to do it, because if you don't do that, it's just like a logo on a screen somewhere that nobody cares about, you know, and, and, and those partnerships are not partnerships in the truest sense of the word it's bitten us in the ass before though right so we've, we've said to uh, uh, i won't mention the SaaS company but like we we were running a webinar series and we invited them on and we were like look this is like we'll expose you to our audience like yeah. it's um we'll um make sure there's a box that says they can reach out to them on the yeah. form all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and but we were like the one stipulation is it's not a sales pitch. It's yeah. not a product demo. It's not a sales pitch. Yeah. And basically, they've just topped and tailed their sales pitch with a little bit of an intro either way. And you're so like, bad. you are alienating the people who probably would have bought. Yeah. If you'd been able to paint the picture of how, like the, the, the problem that this fixes, yeah. then that would have been a better angle to go from it. And it's, that's, that stuff is a challenge. And it's something that's actually unless you've done something with a partner before, yep. it's actually quite hard to like 
not weeded out, that's the wrong way of putting it, but yeah. it's quite hard because even seeing the deck and going through a dry run, once somebody is up there and narrating it, yeah. it's, there's nothing you can do about it. And you don't know which direction they're going to take it. No, no. And, and, and it's uncomfortable for the audience because, you know, if they're sat there physically, yeah. they have to sit there and everyone knows. Everyone knows. I'm 100% convinced, you know, that it's just not the right way to go about it. You know, like not even from the perspective of, you know, making more sales. It just doesn't make more sales because everyone gets alienated, exactly as you say. It, it's the worst way to do things. So, you know, it, it's hard. It's definitely hard. And I would say one of the things that we are good at as an agency when we market ourselves is we are very non-salesy and always mm -hmm. have been mm -hmm. in our approach. So it is always talking about the challenge. Sometimes it talks about the solution, but it's yeah. never a buy this shit to fix your problem type yeah. um, positioning. Mm -hmm. No, bang on. I think that's... Uh, a fair warning because I, th I think that is a really important point and one that you need to work hard on uh, through communication i like it number three go for it joe cool uh so uh, there's probably a bit of theme coming through uh my points here so number three is uh be clear about the vibe you want to create so vibe th yeah. such a gen zetter <laughs> i'm not i guess i'm a millennial aren't i no, I think because I I'm on the cusp of it. I think I know yeah. I'm at the front end of it. Okay. I just just sneak into millennial. I think. Would you be a boomer otherwise? No, no. X is between us and boomer okay. and Gen Gen so Y Gen Z. Okay. No, Y Gen Y. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I think this is probably one of the most important things that we do with the market meetup because so often lovey uh, dovey kumbaya. <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> someone told me off for using the word love yesterday uh, in my emails which Why? was I, well I don't know uh, I think they said it was a bit too much this is like the football's coming home one <laughs> no it's not like that and um, we will never mention that again sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think it matters not so much what you do but more how you do it and I'm not trying to be like too Simon Sinek on on that but like Exactly to your point earlier about the, the pound coin thing. Yeah. The people will remember how they felt in that moment. They'll remember it being a bit unusual. Um, they won't necessarily remember the content from that night. You know, so it's, it's not really about the talk as much as that's useful. Uh, it's not, it is about the networking. You know, in fact, I think this is an interesting or important distinction to make because I'm primarily speaking about in-person events here. And, um, with in-person events then I think the primary purpose of in-person in events are connection rather than education so we're majoring more on like giving networking opportunities now than we are sort of educational points um, and so I think if you are creating a culture uh, then you have to be mindful of what you want to create so for us then something that's really important is that people feel able to say hello to anyone in the room and that's not weird and I don't think people can take that for granted. And that's why one of the three things that we repeat at every event is say hello in the same way as we say listen and, and be positively lovely. And those are those are things that people smirk at, you know, and sort of go, yeah, you know, be positively lovely. You know, that's so, so whatever. But I guarantee you that, well, in fact, I've seen it today on my LinkedIn. People attended the Manchester event last night and they said it was a positively lovely vibe. You know, because we've set the expectation that that's what the culture is going to be. 
And so I think having that clarity on this is the event we want to create, this is how we want people to turn up, and then uh, both communicating that, but also modeling that, those are all really, really important facets of what you need to be taking into account, as well as where's the pizza going to come from and what beer are we going to buy? Because you can do all those things, but the things that's going to separate, separate you from the rest is, is how you make people feel at that event. So like, again, on the, the Drift events we did, had a real distinct vibe to them. It was very, for those of you who kind of know Drift, like in like 2018, 2017, mm. like that kind of space, very fun and exciting brand and very like um, a broodiness to like the brand image almost. And it was, so like we managed to create that with like colored lighting, like the the kind of the backdrop type stuff, the music that was being played. Mm -hmm. So it was very like clubby type music while we were waiting for people to come in so that it had an excitement which matched the brand and matched what they were trying to portray as the brand versus, and I remember speaking to Mark Killens at the time and he was saying like, this is one of the events that is right in terms of the brand. Whereas we've also got other elements of the business who are running like these corporate round tables right. and it doesn't fit with what we're trying to do. Yeah. So I think that vibe element has to, and I don't know if like vibe is the right word for it, but it's like that, that cultural piece or it's it brand as well. Like mm. making sure that that stuff is aligned to what you're trying to portray really does feed back into those Im um, not images into the event. Spot on. Number four. Number four from me, <laughs> this is going to sound really flippant, but <laughs> beer and food. Like, I, I get it, not everybody wants to drink. Not everybody is a, like, goes for the beers or, like, even drinks, um, these things. I typically have one or two beers at a minimum. I don't think, <laughs> probably wait, at an event like this. Not, not In the morning? I, no, <laughs> with my cornflakes, <laughs> just to get through the day. Code. No, um, and if anybody does have any drinking issues, there are places you can get for help. That's, we're not making light of that. Thanks, Joe. Um, but, see, he's outing you as the asshole that you are. Um, but, with, um, I, at an event, I am an introvert. And it takes mm. me a lot of energy to like engage with people. If I came to your event and I know the whole, the, and I've been to your event, it, but the whole say hello to people thing yeah. makes hard. me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And, but, and I get it. There's a, the reason that's one of the rules is because you are trying to make sure that that is happening. And it's, yeah. I think it's a great ethos. After I've had a bit, like I'll have a chat to somebody cause it's social lubrication almost. Yeah. And I think there, there's probably something wrong about that in itself, yeah. <laughs> but that's for me, I think that having, beer and food at a networking event not just because of the outcome of alcohol but because of something to do with your hands something yep. to discuss something to engage over mm -hmm. oh this pizza's great like oh i don't like cheese like that kind of shit <laughs> it gives you conversational points or like it gives you you know like when you get up and you do a talk and you used to hide behind a podium yeah. And it, it was like a safety blanket. Yeah. Holding a beer bottle, yes. for me, yeah. I feel has some sort of safety blanket. It doesn't have to be beer. I mean, it could be a Coke can for uh -huh. our care. But uh -huh. I think that that is a good way of helping people lower their inhibitions in an mm -hmm. environment. And I think when I go to networking events, particularly daytime events, where yeah. there is none of that, yeah. it feels really forced and foreign for me, Yeah, I think. No, I, I like that. You know, it, it, it's a... Uh, you know, what we're speaking about here is a human experience, right? You know, I mean, like you walk into and, and you're taking your, your physical 
your physical being into a, a space to to exchange with other human beings and and food and drink is a way that we've had common experiences as human beings for forever you know we've, we've shared food we've sat around tables we've had these conversations and so I can see there being a great amount of I never really thought about it really you know I, I, I'd seen it as a, a nice thing to keep people going you know throughout the night so the energy levels remained yeah but that comfort actually and, and sort of that common thread is 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 bang important and I've always I've thought about it in a slightly different way in the sense that I thought the common thread would be marketing you know or or you know the room that people are in but if you're providing and layering in those opportunities to sort of have that that initial whatever it is you know that's that's really Food, important food's important uh, like anybody who's ever been in like a big agency pitching room yeah. will notice that there are jars of sweets cans of coke yeah. red bull all that kind of shit around the table all very sugary treats mm. because you are more agreeable when you are high on sugar <laughs> like, and that, like in fact and that's like we don't do that i mean yeah. we probably would if people came into the office but, <laughs> but the, um that's having food and drink will make people more comfortable in their environment yeah. and i think that's an important part that some events sometimes forget that or mm. it's like it's a minimal cost but a high reward absolutely no i like that a lot i mean we, we get the old joking sort of hopefully joking comment where people are saying oh i'm just here for the pizza you know or whatever it is you know but but it's, it's part of the selling point as well you know so. we <laughs> you're like this so we've just come back from toronto um we were running a like workshop event during the day yeah. and then a networking event at night and the networking event was like it was casting wide it was like come we'll talk marketing and sales right in a bar we put on some food put on some drinks as a bar yeah. tab and I didn't even know this was a thing, but there are people who like are almost professional just go to event to event to drink and eat. We had that in New York. <laughs> and, so, and I was like, and like my team would come around up to me and they're like, those people over there. And it was weird because they were wearing face masks and gloves and all sorts of, it was oh, weird. Wow. But they were just there for the food. And I was, and my team were like, should we stop this? Yeah. And I was like, there's a part of me that like respects the audacity <laughs> of it. Yeah. And I was like, it, they're not causing anybody any harm. No, it's not yeah. really an issue. Yeah. But I, it was like, actually, now we've had to rethink the way that we position those events. Yeah. Because I didn't even realize it was a thing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so it's only happened to me once, so far as I'm aware. I mean, we had some people in Manchester, we were in a co-working space and they came down, got some pizza off the, the table, you know, and... Yeah. They probably knew they were, you know, supposed to be doing it, but I don't count that as in the same category as what you've spoken about. But we did have one guy in in, in New York literally just turn up, you know, and he apparently he was famous for it in New York. I mean, fa fancy being famous for something in New York. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it was it was, uh, it was quite impressive. But um, yeah, you know, it's a thing. So uh, you know, you, you you take the the, the losses with the wins, don't what, you? <laughs> what, I, what I did like though is they'd done. A minimum amount of research, but enough yeah. to hold a conversation. Oh, where, really? So one of our team members was like, well, I'm going to go talk to them. <laughs> she went and talked to them and it was like, and the conversation was like, oh, so who, and they were like, oh, we're investors. And, uh, like, wow. and they were like, oh, we're interested in investing in HubSpot. Oh, like, uh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> I think you've got the wrong end of it. But like, fair enough. But like, I mean, like fair play to them. Yeah. I wouldn't have the, the no, no. to do it. But it was, yeah, it was interesting. That's so funny. I love that. Um, cool. We'll go to. We'll go to. I've lost the, what number we're on. Number I four? four. I think you're on four. Yeah, and then you've got two more. So I did. Yeah, I cheated. I like it. You um, look smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <What? laughs> 
<laughs> whatever fills your cup. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, number number four is uh, it's not about you. So uh, I think this is a general life philosophy that has, has done me well, uh, so to speak. I, I, there's, al- there's always caveats to this. There is times, of course, where it is about you. But I'd say... We spent nearly an hour talking about personal brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not calling bullshit, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I think it's very, very clear to pick up on one of the points that you made earlier about uh, the folks who come in and, and, and try to do a sales pitch uh, for the event. You know, they're making it about them and, and people shut off immediately and it doesn't matter whether it's a branded event so we used to do them as an agency in the agency that i used to work for but the content was always around the people in the room and i I don't think if unless folks know that they're walking into a situation where it's like you know what i know this is going to be a pitch and i'm comfortable with that because i just need to be here but if you're actually looking to provide the genuine and like pleasurable experience for people turn up to your event then it's not about you you know you have to accept that like an event for the most part, is a brand awareness activity. It might be a retention activity for your clients. Um, but these are, you know, you get lead generations op- opportunities from them, but you get that from having a genuine conversation with someone rather than sort of needing to fully room with 50 salespeople who are just going to say, are you going to buy? Are you going to buy? And actually they're like, no, you know, I just came here to have a chat. You know, there's some people. And, and so I think that setting that expectation really it leads into the cultural stuff. You know, that if, if folks are going to be having these conversations, then set the example of saying it's not about you, uh, both from an organiser's perspective. I think that's important. Um, and, and it can only lead to a better event. I think my favourite part of running an event is when we have a Q&A. So like mm-hmm. a real person Q&A that is like they're able to then share what they're interested in and then you can align it back so we ran an event around conversational marketing ages and ages ago and we enticed people out to ask the questions because that's so hard to get people actually engaging yeah. and we made it anybody who asked a question we gave them a conversational marketing book nice. so like it was a real like here there's a reward for this everybody else sees them getting a book and they're like shit i'm gonna ask a question yeah and what we could then do off that they'd be like well how is this going to work in this industry how am i going to use it in this way mm-hmm. And that's the bit I really like buzz off of yeah. being able to think on my feet and kind of like spitball with people in a crowded room and yeah. say like, well, you could do it like this. Well, this is the way that we could do that. And I get quite excited about it. Nice. But it's all about them. Yeah. It is all about here is my challenge or here is what I think. Yeah. And you are publicly addressing and engaging with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that is when you can get to that point, there's a real value in being able to like do that mm. and i think they're the kind of events that i like hosting but mm. also like attending mm-hmm. well this it almost sounds like free consultancy in a way but like i mean you know that if they're going to come back after that conversation you know i want more then that's where you go actually you know what come to the office in a week or whatever you know and we can sit down and we can have a a consulting consultancy session on it you know and, and and that's the way that you've sold you know and, and that's a far more meaningful way of doing it than than just sort of saying i had um i had a conversation with a prospect yesterday and so we, the the premise of the event that we were running in toronto is that we'll set you up on a 30-day hubspot trial uh-huh. so free hubspot 30 days nice and at the same time we'll do a three-hour onboarding and training session with you so you come to the event we mm-hmm. onboard you so you can actually use it in a way that's meaningful great 
and then normally if we put a demo and somebody's using it they will go on to buy so there is value in it for us yeah, yeah. and i spoke to a prospect he couldn't make it yesterday uh, he couldn't make it to the event i spoke to him yesterday and i was like look we can probably still do that for you like yeah. we'll get you set up on a trial we'll we'll help you with it and he was like look just what is the value you're getting out of it? like what what's the angle here and i was like look hand on heart if you if we set up this trial you are very likely to buy hubspot <laughs> yeah. and i will make money out of ongoing services it, i'm basically seeing this as a loss leader because you probably will mm. buy from me at some point and he was mm. like okay like i appreciate the honesty <laughs> like, but that's that's the thing like you mentioned free consultancy almost yeah. like live free consultancy yeah and it's exactly that my yeah. entire career i think not entire career because i've been paid at certain, certain points obviously <laughs> but the like is around that give value mm -hmm. because if you give value people will come back mm. and they will ultimately go on to pay more yeah absolutely cool i've got two now joe so Very I'll, I'll go through those i have um, <laughs> the content doesn't always have to be good nice and that's by that i mean hub so i went to hubspot's inbound this year mm -hmm. and i'm not saying the content wasn't good mm -hmm. but it wasn't the content I wanted mm. it was it wasn't the content that was interesting me mm -hmm. so the content for the most part was good mm -hmm. but actually my value in that is the people the humans engaging with people making sure that we are like I was having conversations that you just can't have over zoom yeah. I've seen people I hadn't seen in three years like that kind of thing and I think sometimes we forget that actually it's not all about the content it's about the peripheral shit that's going on in the room mm. It's a great point. I think um, that, so I've experienced this recently. So a lot of the marketing meetup events are from six to eight in the evening, mm -hmm. you know, that, so they're, they're late on. And the other day I, I curated a talk for one of our events, which I, I thought would be brilliant. And it actually was, you know, but the time, so you. <laughs> yeah, but the time was wrong in the day in that it was an excellent piece, uh, but it was quite detailed. And actually something that was like a little bit more lighthearted, you know, a bit more story led, you know, funny, et cetera, you know, that would have been enough yeah. for the event. It doesn't have, you know, so I, I would sort of, I would, I definitely acknowledge your point about like, it's actually more about the people and about the connection. I, I, I fully agree with that. I think the content does have to be good if you're going to put on content, but I don't think that's the point you were really making. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was, I think there's something about finding you know, good changes at different times for different events and actually a bit of levity yep. um, is entirely appropriate even if it's not content -driven. It's almost like baiting the room though, isn't it? So like that that late night event, what yeah. would have been good, well, not late night, but like the event towards the end of the day, everybody's tired, what would yeah. have been good is something narrative-led that kind of sparked interest that then starts discussion in the room. Absolutely. So people then carry on it and kind of builds, builds into the whole networking piece, you know, say it. hello, sing kumbaya, but... <laughs> oh god <laughs> cool let's go to number six last one <laughs> i think it's important to create a uh, excitement pre-event so nice. i think the leading up to an event telling people where they need to go in detail because mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions i mean like stupid shit like which door do i go in like we yeah. can be a pain in the ass to get into i'm not i know you don't run them in a we work but if mm -hmm. you're running an event in a we work which door do I go to? Where yep. do I go? How do I get into the building? How do I sign in? And then also things like, okay, what do I wear? Like, is this a, like a formal gig? Will there be food there? 
what's the content like? Give me a, like a, some snippets around that mm. and talk about like who's going to be there. Like not just the speakers, but like what kind of attendance are we going to have? And yeah. then I think if you can, if you've got a decent speaker showing and they've got a back catalog of talks, mm-hmm. sharing some of the stuff that they've previously talked about, right. that kind of thing gives you almost momentum for them to go into the room and be like, actually this mm-hmm. is, and even if it's a, like a, somebody, a less experienced speaker, you can build them up to like give them momentum to take into their talk. Yeah. That's so, that's so interesting. And like, I can't help but hear those words and apply them to my personal context, but you know, like particularly for the introvert person walking into the room, yeah. it's already a terrifying thing. So whatever you can do to sort of alle- alleviate those sort of those unknowns and sort of take them out of the equation is, is so welcome because it, it really does sort of take so much like mental load out, out of the whole well, process. I, I mean, you probably do this, but like thinking my feet, like you've, you've got, I don't know what you call them, but like group leaders, organizers in, organizers yeah. in different yeah. cities. Right. And yeah. they're a consistent there. Mm-hmm. Having a persona or expose of them mm-hmm. and like how people could approach them, what mm. they're interested into. So if you see me at this conference, yeah. at this event, come and chat to me about these things. Like, yeah. um, like we'll talk and uh, just giving that. somebody an avenue of, cause when I walk into an, I'm all right. When I go into one of those spaces, if I know somebody and have yes. something to talk about, yes. Otherwise I'll stand in the corner and be like, <laughs> come to me first. Yeah. 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 That's, that's great. Actually, you know what? I mean, you say you assume we're good at it. We're not actually, you know, that, that's something I can take away from this chat and sort of like, actually do something about we I, we definitely don't have an faq section on our site or anything like that but um but i, I think, think that's not, a really great suggestion site content like an, a drip email campaign that yeah. is here's what you can expect yeah i mean you use hubspot now yeah you yeah. can very easily set that up so manchester and i'm using manchester as an example because i know the people involved yeah an email stream that comes from max as the organizer yeah. that is a welcome video and mm. i mean he'd love that like <laughs> waving at people as a yeah. gif and then they click on it and it's like here's what you could expect type mm. thing with some bullet points of yes you're going to be fed like it's very casual like most people in the room are going to be like jeans and t-shirt type shit yeah. here's the things that i like talking about i'm a runner like come and chat to me about this mm. kind of shit i've recently ran a marathon and yeah. with my mom like I know way too much about that. <laughs> Very but impressive. Yeah, yeah. But, but this is that, like using those as a means to actually say, you're not going to be alone in this room because yeah. you already know me as the organizer. I'll yeah. happily chat to you. There's, a, I, I can't remember the other people on the team. Ellie? Uh, so we've got Andy and all sorts you know, so, of people. And, but like, even if it's, so if you start sending this a week before, yeah, you can then say, okay, on Tuesday, we're going to outline Max. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, it's Andy. And I love like, that. It yeah. just makes it a bit more of a pre-event. Mm. I think that's bang on. That's that's really, really smart, actually. I like Thanks, that. Like, actually, on that thought, there's probably a, a number seven because, you know, we, we've got to go. <laughs> Which is post-event as well. You know, so so um, I think something that's really held the momentum of the marketing meetup through has been word of mouth and, and word of mouth on social media. And there's a profound difference uh, I've noticed both online and in person between asking people to share it afterwards and not asking. And when you don't ask, people don't, you know, because they either think they either don't think about it or, you know, they don't realise that's something you want. And so I think this is a really important point to sort of highlight. Actually, you know what, sort of say, 
here's an opportunity if you wouldn't mind sharing then it, it really helps the community and it helps you have conversations afterwards I think that's really important because uh, I think it's the type of thing that should you be doing another event afterwards or even you know just continue the conversation around this one event that you're running I think that's really really important and something that you shouldn't miss I think marketers often forget the power of asking simple questions yeah so like if you like this, share it with your community, great. Yeah. But I think the, the key bit in that is make it really fucking easy to execute it yeah. as well. Yeah. So like sending out a post email that says, hey, if you like this, uh -huh. we'd love you to share this with your, your network, yeah. click here, we've already written a tweet for you. Yes, yeah, yeah. That shit makes it so much more effective. Uh -huh. Like it, when like effective newsletters, I, I think I get yours, I don't get it. <laughs> but um, because I get most of my enjoyment from engaging with you, Joe, and I don't yeah. want to ruin it. But the, like, I, at the bottom of it, do you have like a, if you like this, share with a couple of people. And I hear of, you know, that with Marketing Brew, like I'm pretty sure that uh, Morning Brew and Marketing Brew, like I think they grew like 50% of their million person audience through referral, yeah. you know, and, and so actually technologically, we're going into a slightly different conversation. We tried to implement it once and actually really struggled with the tech uh, more than anything. You know, there was companies where, you know, the tracking wasn't quite right and all that sort of stuff. So... We actually abandoned it, but I think to your broader if point... If only you had a brand spanking marketing <laughs> automation system yeah. to use. I need someone to show me how to do it. I'll set it up for you in 15 minutes. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, really, really important. Simple questions, I think, is a really great point because uh, it goes a long, long way. Joe, I honestly thought we were going to like manage to squeeze fuck all of an episode out of that one. I think we've done quite well. <laughs> I think there's hopefully some vaguely useful yeah. things for people. <laughs> I enjoyed it though. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. And thanks, thanks, everybody. Cheers. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.